Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Greetings one and all, and welcome to Moments That Rock, a proud member of the Pantheon group of podcasts. I'm your host, Tony Mike Leadis. I spent three decades working in the music industry, running my own PR company, and working as a publicist. For you 2 The Police, Depeche Mode, David Bowie, New Order, Peter Gabriel, Genesis, blah, 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 blah. If you want to know more, feel free to visit my website at www.tonymikeleadis.com. Each week, we'll strive to bring you a cornucopia of musical delights, all based around storytelling. There's archive interviews from back in my radio days with the likes of the Ramones, Steve Winwood, the Cramps, U2, etc, etc. We also have some great stories from some industry insiders. And so, the concluding part, i.e. part three, of the Steve Winwood trilogy. It's an interview that I did with Steve back in the 80s, prior to the release of his first album, when he signed to Virgin Records after a lifetime with Island Records, since he was there since he was about 14, 15 with the Spencer Davis group. If you don't know by now, and you should, the Way Back Then section is a feature of the Moments That Rock podcast where we dig deep into the archives. We plunder the archives, in fact, and we get some interviews from around 30 years ago. But for now, Steve Winwood. Without you stumbling into a bumbling fool and embarrassed i mean the voice seems to be getting stronger and stronger i mean is this something to do with production techniques that are better than 10 years ago i mean your last two albums of of so effortless isn't it i suppose in a way it has been but... oh i'm stumbling and bumbling now no no well, of course it's the thing that, that that maybe like you know people talk about the most about steve winwood i mean the musician's musician and the voice but the voice for 25 years maybe i had a certain infancy about it when you were 15 but certainly now um that you're a, a very old man mm. <laughs> thanks again tony <laughs> gosh it's full of compliments tonight it's wonderful um no seriously what, what's your feelings well um no, I mean, I don't think, you know, there, there, there are certain things that you can't kind of do much with production techniques, you know, there's, you know, things like horns, you know, voice, hammered organ, you, can, you can't do too much, you could, I suppose you can do a few takes and see which is the best or that kind of thing. Did, did you ever train your voice or did it just come out and did you just find that you sang certain parts in a way that they needed to be sung. Nobody could do your songs, could they? That's right. Well, I think, you see, I didn't, uh, I've never had voice training, in fact. And, uh, uh, and you see, I always sing, sing my own songs, you know, as I write the stuff I sing. And, uh, uh, but, but, sorry to interrupt you there, Steve, but the emotion comes through in the voice, but in a way they can't be that personal because it's a lot of Will Jennings' lyrics. Well, that that's true. Uh, I mean, but we, you know, Will and I work together on the lyrics. Although he kind of writes them, but we work on them and we change. I know, you know, and I change things, and we work on on those on that together. Um, and uh, so, you know, it, it's. I mean, the, the song is basically a joint effort. And he'd probably work on and change the, you know, the melody here and there, and so. It's kind of more of a joint effort, but I mean, you know, basically, I, I, I sing the songs that that I write, and in fact, I don't I don't have much of a range at all. 
um, you know, if I have quite quite a narrow range. I mean, I, I haven't. So, whilst you say people can't sing my songs, I don't really sing other people's songs either. So, mm-hmm. so I have to really write the songs according to what I can sing, and uh, and I have to sing according to what I can write. So, uh, I mean, I did some. We had a. a um, two people work with this uh Tessa Niles and um, um what his name? and um Mark Williamson right Tessa and Mark who who uh, and I mean these people are you know session singers they do they work with lots of people and and um I mean the, the range is just so like, phenomenal I mean they can sing me under the table I mean they got these enormous ranges and you know you, they can sing like you know michael mcdonald they can sing like you know um like anybody you know you you want to you want to whitney houston or do you, you know they just sing a vocal fairlight really yeah kind of yeah i mean yeah. you know so so uh, so when you say that you know I I got a good. I mean, they could they even sing like me. I can sing, you know. Say, oh, this is how you sing it, you know. And they mm-hmm. they do my phrasing and they get the sound right. You know, I can't do that kind of stuff with my voice at all, you know. So, you know, I think it's just it's probably that that I limit my voice, you know, the the the, the limits in my voice, then you know, and and that I use. Um, I, I write things that are strictly within the limits of what I sing is probably what makes it, you know, received well or better. And you can perform it live as well. I mean, you never seem to struggle live with your voice, do you? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard, you know, singing. Um, it's it's hard working live. Touring is very hard and it's easy to do. It's always been the case with you, though, hasn't it? It's the easiest thing to lose your voice on tour. I mean, um, it, it, I've always had trouble, mind you. I mean, I've, I've you know, I, there are you often hear of cases of other people. I'm glad to hear it's not only me, you know, that the, uh, Michael Jackson cancelled some gigs, and you know, um, Paul Young's often having trouble. And so, I mean, it is very difficult that, um, on tour you do really punish your voice um no matter how you sing it's you can really punish your voice and the the three things that are that are that are worst for voice is is not having enough sleep and um not uh uh and singing itself is you know punishes it and and then alcohol interviews interviews <laughs> Interviews are the real, absolutely the worst thing you can do. So, which leads us on in a way about the, the live work and things. I suppose a lot of people who uh, see the album out and available and things. I mean, um, they're going to expect to to see Steve Winwood tour this year. Yeah, and uh, hopefully they'll come and see me in in September. I'll be touring England. Um, I should say Britain because we'll be going to Scotland too. Was that a decision of your own, or was that something the record company sort of insisted you do to promote what is their debut album of yours? No, um, record. I'm not not obliged to do any live work at all. It's uh, with the record company. I, uh, it's something I, I want, want to do. So, so that's going to be the length and the breadth of the country? I mean, it's not just going to be like the one NEC and two Wembley shows? 
Well, it's not going to be. A, I'm not going to do the whistle stop tour. I'm not going to do, um, you know, um, Cardiff, Bristol, and you know, and Gloucester, Leisure Centre, and two nights in silence. Yeah, two nights. Yeah, I'm not going to do all that. But um, and it is going to be quite. I'm just going to do London, Birmingham, and Edinburgh. Yeah, because I mean, I, I find you know touring is is. Um, I find it kind of hard. I suppose in a way, like the fact is, you're settled down, you're married with with one child there, one child on the way, and you do enjoy the, your leisure time, don't you? I mean, you've got the tools to work with at home anyway, haven't you? That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a very happily married man, and I um, as you say, I've got another, um, we've got another baby on the way, and and so the last thing I want to be doing is touring when when our baby's been born so I want to be at home you know? how would you feel I mean you know it's a long way off but how would you feel about your children moving into music w would you encourage it um yeah I certainly wouldn't wouldn't force them but I'd yeah I would uh, I, I'd, I'd be happy for them to do something I, I, I'd want them to do something that they enjoyed doing yeah I'd, I'd like that when you when you made the album, Steve, was it a conscious decision of yours to use like the the Memphis horns and the musicians that you use, or was there a time that you thought you were going to do it all on your own again? No, I think um, no, it, it was it was my decision to use the Memphis horns, uh, and uh, did that affect your writing? No, it didn't really. It didn't affect the writing. No, it probably affected the way. The songs, I you know, gave the songs a little bit more of that kind of R and B sound, but it, uh, the songs weren't exactly written with them in mind. Um, no, but uh, Tommy and I, Tom Lord Algy, who uh, co co produced it with, and because he engineered back in high life, and we decided we we're going to use one or two of the same people. We used uh, Jimmy Braylauer and. Um, Robbie Kilgore did the programming, and Jimmy Braylauer and um, and uh, John Robinson played the drums. So we we knew we were going to get, you know, the same, what a few of the the nucleus of the same people, not the name people, but 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 the nucleus of the people who played. Are the horns on every track, except every track except I think six of the eight tracks. I think they're on. I just wondered that when you were sitting down and tinkling on the old Joanna and working out like the basics of a song, you you were thinking, "Where's the brass going to go in this?" Um, sometimes, but usually not. No, usually not. Um, usually, I play the thing and then and then um, and then afterwards, I I listen to it and find spaces and think of lines for for the brass. You know, that's that's the way I usually do it. Although, I mean. You know, some places it it's some sometimes it's more obvious than others where the brass goes. You know, sometimes it jumps out at you where they should be. You know, without even having to think about it. And um, but I mean, I, I worked out the horn parts with Memphis horns. You know, we um, we we did a lot of it. Um, they they came up with a lot of great lines. You know, as I say, these lines that kind of classic Memphis horn lines, you know, and it was it was fantastic working with great, great people. Any particular track that we should finish on that, that shows that to its fullest extent? Well, I think uh Roll With It is a is a perfect example of 
that's horn sound, yeah. So you're really just a rhythm and blues kid at heart? I really am, that's it. I'm a soul man, yes. Ah, this way back when then section brings back lots of memories. That's the final part of our trilogy of Steve Winwood interviews. Well, it's one interview that I did back in the 80s. Um, in my radio days in the UK that I chopped up into three different portions and um, Steve is undoubtedly and I don't think I'm biased here uh, Steve is undoubtedly one of the finest uh, UK artists to come out of here for uh, the last 50 years his voice is incredible uh, the songs are wonderful and um, obviously his Hammond organ sound um, was a really symbolic sound in the uh, 60s with Spencer Davis and then on with Traffic and things um, and of course his actual um, guitar playing, which uh, a lot of people don't mention. He's a phenomenal guitar player. And, uh, yeah, he played lots of guitar with Blind Faith and him and uh, Clapton duetting and things. It could go on forever. Uh, but the other thing is, he's a really great guy. We went out for a curry after that and uh, had a really good time. It's funny because he's got this broad Birmingham accent and he sings like an angel. Love him to pieces. He's still around. He's still making music. And, um, yeah, he's been making music since he was 15 with the Spencer Davis Group. Way Back Then is part of Moments That Rock, where we dig deep into the archives, dust them down, and deliver them. More archive interviews next week. You are listening, of course, to Moments That Rock with me, your host, Tony Michaelides. We're here every week with archive interviews, insider insights from people from behind the scenes. Um, and for now, we're going to play something a little quirky. It's another interview from, um, it's part of the Way Back Then session. But uh, we've done that, but we're doing it again, because this is the little wacky. It's the Sugar Cubes. Of course, Björk fronted the Sugar Cubes before she had a very successful solo career. I did an interview with her, but I can't find it, but I'm still looking for it. But I did do a couple of guys from um, the Sugar Cubes. They came in late night. I think I was on about midnight on a Saturday night or something back in the days. And those days were fun days indeed. This was, like I said, quirky and wacky. So it's a kind of light entertainment part of the Moments That Rock podcast. Um, I'm delighted to still have uh, Einar and Thor, who are going to be in uh, the studio till 10 o'clock now. So 228-6262, if you do have any questions uh, you wish to put to uh, these splendid people who've kindly uh, given up their day off. Sheffield, they're on, by the way, tomorrow, but don't bother going because it's sold out. Um, a question here for... Well, in fact, these two questions go together. Peter from Haywood and uh, says, Do you believe in God? And uh, Dave from Salford wants to know what Deus is all about because he can't figure it out. Next, people are phoning up to ask you if you believe uh, you are, in fact, squeaky clean. Is that a question? Oh, hang on. What's better with these up? Say that again. Is that a question, if I'm squeaky clean? No, that was my question. <laughs> no, I'm actually known as the shit heap because I'm, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm known not to take baths for months, and I, I actually don't. It's terrible. I share the same room with him. <laughs> the only thing I do is to change socks. But then I well, try to sort of clip <laughs> the blisters of my feet. I try, I try to keep, uh, buy as many socks as possible. <laughs> Feet in the socks regularly. <laughs> you have a problem on the road. I mean, this hasn't come out in uh, recent band illnesses that you were telling us about before. Do you not include this as being an illness of the show? This is not an illness. This is a habit. Just Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> more of a problem, really. Yeah, and whether we be leaving God, I don't think that bears any re relevance to this song. Right. There's... Do, do you want to tell Dave from Salford what uh, what Deus is about? I mean, I suppose lyrically, Mike. That, if you read the lyrics to Deus, because they are included on the record, you can obviously see there is a story there. And just read the lyrics and you get a picture of a person 
walking down a street and, and there is somebody up there, Mr. Deus, who comes down from the skies and touches you. Well, we are just speculating, you know, what uh, what the fellow looks like. What does Mr. Deus, mm. alias God, what does he look like? Is he white and squeaky clean? I met him once and he said hi. I said hi. He said, why don't you take a bath with me? And if which gets us back to your, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, your problem really. I my problem, and and <laughs> maybe the lyrics are about this problem. Though. Yeah, and and also it is also a question. If God was made this world, he must look, he must be very fertile if he made all of us, and therefore, what does such a stud look like? I mean, that's the basic point of it. What does, what does Mr. Deus look like? Mm. And I think that's a fair answer. Sorry, I was listening to you. I was just yeah. making sure that we didn't have the same problem with the compact disc as we had when we played right. the, the other track. Um, right, there you go, Dave. I hope that answers your question. Um, right, chaps, we've got... Uh, currently have been donated six copies of uh, your 10-inch remix of Days to Give Away. Um, people that listen to the programme regular, and there must be someone, um, is bound to have heard it because we played it a couple of times uh, in the previous weeks. An excellent remix of uh, the Sugar Cube's last single. And uh, over to the panel, who are going to set a question. Well, we thought if we can get an answer to what is the name of the first track on the B-side of the 10-inch, what is it called? But that's probably a bit unfair because people who've got the 10-inch know that answer and then they don't need the 10-inch. Mm -hmm. That that's must right. be right. So, I really don't know what we could ask. So I suppose we have another gap here, really, without my own doing. I mean, a bit of a stitch-up, really, no, here, chaps, mean, you know. We can, uh, we can ask uh, wh wh what bands are going to be on in Sheffield with us tomorrow. What Icelandic band? He's going to play with us in Sheffield tomorrow. Right, so everybody that, well, I mean, presumably the same group that supported you in Manchester? No. Oh, no, Sheffield. No, it's an Icelandic band. We're flying over specially an Icelandic band, too, and it's got nothing to do with Black and White Dreams. Uh, might be a bit hard, that chance, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I've just uh, answered the question. Oh, have you? It's yeah. black and white dream. Well, that's very good, because I'm delighted to say you've won a copy of your own 10-inch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're going to hear another track from the album. Um, I forgot what I've done here. Blue-Eyed Pop, isn't it? Yep. Right, your last opportunity to set some questions to the Sugar Cubes. 228-6262. few more questions, and then it'll be time to Stu Allen's hip-hop programme. I don't suppose they fit very well into that. Oh! It's really loud when you do that. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break, basically, for my own sanity. As explained before, we have uh, the Sugar Cubes in the studio, and they're going to announce the people that have won copies of their remix of Deus. In fact, uh, sadly, one of the band members won, on, won himself, but uh, nevertheless... Yeah, his name is Einar, and he's from Reykjavik. Is that right? Yeah, and the next one Will you pay the extra postage? Yeah, well, I of course not. Of course not. Piccadilly Radio, the best. They will do it, <laughs> won't they? But of course, yes. Well, we'll send it on, and by the time you get home, it'll be there, you know. Yeah, so... Perhaps we could get the other people in the band to sign it for you. Oof. Yeah, we'll do that. Right, do you want to read the uh, competition winners out for us? Yeah, it's Stephen Moran from Blackley. Blakely. Blakely. Close, that's a good start. Funny names you've got here. You must be foreigners. <laughs> Joe O'Brien from Unsworth. Yep. Pick. Peg. Oh, sorry. P-I-K. Oh. I think he's put his place of work down here because it's in Piccadilly. Ah. And then Steve Speed, and I mean a slow, from Higher Blackley. Blakely. Blakely, <laughs> again. 
And you told me about then, saying Ireland, eh? Yeah, Ireland? Ireland. You're foreigners. That's your problem, not mine. And Anita Desai in East Didsbury. Right. They will receive a dangerous copy. For those people that were stupid enough not to get the answer, do you want to tell us what the answer is uh, to the question and what the question was, in fact, once more? The question was what Icelandic band is playing with us and in Sheffield and Birmingham and London, and that's a band called Black and White Dreams, Svartkvíti Dreamer from Iceland. They're worth seeing. Why, why have you brought them in? Have you brought them in for the second leg of the tour or something? No, it's just that the drummer in that band plays in an Icelandic dancehall band and he can't get the weekends off, otherwise they would have played with us for the whole tour so they just can get do middle of the weeks have they got records out or anything yeah, yeah. they've got a record out called uh, goth on lakeland records yeah. how many records would you sell in iceland a group like yourselves i mean we've started two thousand yeah five hundred i mean birth they did originally in iceland only 350 copies what's the population of iceland 249,000 <laughs> and increasing <laughs> I thought you were going to say 249. <laughs> no, 249,000. What are, what are the major industries in Iceland, then? What do people do to earn fish. their money? They fish. And yeah. yeah, fish and information. And mm. also they kill whales. Do they? Yeah, yeah the bastards. <laughs> I think I'm immigrating to Monaco West. No, I can't. No. I think I'll go to uh, Andorra, then. There's no sea there. All right, just while we're waiting for the rest of the question, now the lines are open, we've had the competition winners. Um, one question here from Penny from Didsbury. Why are your sleeves so brightly colourful? Uh, maybe that's the record company doing that, eh? No, it's because we're so utterly dull. <laughs> we need something to colour us up. <laughs> um, right, my special guest in the studio tonight, the Sugar Cubes, after the highly successful Manchester gig yesterday. And we have some uh, questions. We have our Einar and Thor. I'm saying it right now, Einar, aren't I? I've got it just about right after uh, half an hour. Yes, Paul, they talk. <laughs> 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 We've got some punter questions here now. You, you wanted to see them, but that's not the way it works in this programme. Um, these are all surprises, although you did, in fact, see the first one. Um, what did you say about Manchester City at last night's gig? Well, I need to know whether he means this fair city of Manchester, Manchester City, the football club. But I know that the British are a nation of football haters, <laughs> and therefore what I mentioned was that I congratulated Liverpool on losing... No, on, on winning Littlewood's Cup. Oh, I see, yeah. What's I got to do with Manchester City? I don't know. I think I think Manchester City followers were quite happy that Liverpool lost. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's quite true. Yes, there is a certain amount of rivalry down uh, the motorway, I suppose. Yeah, and therefore, I think it's fair enough to wish, you know, Liverpool, you know, the greatest you success... Don't... You don't actually play football in Iceland, do you? Yes, we do. You do? Of course we do. Oh. We've got an Icelander playing for Sheffield Wednesday. We've got... I, I associate Iceland with ice hockey. Why do I do that? I don't know. Maybe oh. because it starts uh, with ice. Yes, and you don't actually... You don't play cricket, though, do you? Cricket? Yeah. Who wants to play cricket? <laughs> ah, right. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to play cricket. They're just forced into it. <laughs> Right, I shall be dedicating a track by I Ludicrous in a moment to you, because it's called LBW. Uh, second question, uh, incidentally, I don't know if I gave my name check, that was from Steve from Blakely. Well done, Steve. Derek from Worsley wants to know, have you heard any Manchester bands? And if uh, so, which ones do you like? Well, obviously, he's a keen listener to the programme, because uh, you did, in fact, say you supported The Fall, and you've heard of them, haven't you? Yeah, well, Thor, yeah. so, what about you? Yeah, I've heard, you know, the Beatles, they come from Manchester, don't they? No, they come from <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> They used to play for Manchester City, though. Oh, did they? <laughs> no, I mean, we've heard the fall. We've... Uh, New Order fans? New 
Yeah, we've heard new water. Yeah. We know who they are. Uh, what else? Name me some Manchester bands. Buscox. Buscox, yeah. I love yeah. the Pete Buscox. Shelley um, did, in fact, have a single out about a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, the Buscox, they're one of my favourites. We played Howard Devoto single, his new band Luxuria on Beggar's Banquet just before you came in. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's that's lovely music. James, have you heard groups like James and the Railway Children? James right. are with Sire and Railway Children with Virgin Records now. We're on Factory uh, before. Yeah, but we're not very much into guitar pop. Happy Mondays, you know them? I'm done with the next question, eh? <laughs> yes, I think so. I, well, I don't think it matters what bands we've heard from Manchester. Yeah. Except for Buscox and Right. Ford. In answer to your question, Derek from Worsley, yes. The next question, uh, why is Traitor so different from the original? That comes from Nick from Stop. That's a good question, eh? Why? Mm. Why is Traitor... I suppose you could say, why is the Deus remix so different? I mean, there's no point doing it again unless you make it differently, really, is there? No, it's... We'd is that a very old Sugar Cube song? Is that one you've written a few years ago? Yeah, I mean the yeah, song. Yeah, I mean the song has in our sort of in our treatment of it, it's changed its name from uh, a drum is missing, uh, revolution, and then traitor, and it's no special reason why it's different. It's just that you have to move the song along as you work on it, mm. and that's why that's the only reason why it's different. Uh, how do you feel, there's a question for me, how do you, f do you feel the uh, band's evolved over the past couple of years or so? I mean, are you, are you pleased with your songwriting considerably more now than you were? I mean, do you, f do you feel there were some failings in, in the early days? I mean, do you, have you just got no, better? Not, not, no, there have been no failings in our songwriting, it's just that we haven't really had time to sit down and, and start writing more new songs, but I feel that we are getting to the stage where we m might become, you know, dangerously handsome. <laughs> Well, actually, we we wrote uh, three three new songs last night. Did you at the hotel? Yeah, but we haven't heard them yet. We just you know wrote down the chords so and. Um, you wrote three songs last night. Yeah. yeah, great. So we could find songs written in Manchester on your uh, your next album. Definitely. Yeah, uh, we've got an excellent one. This is for you, Einar. This is quite a quite a good question. This comes from Neil from Whitefield. A good old Mancunian question. This uh, would you have hit the guy who got on stage with Bjork if he stayed longer than he did? Um. <laughs> I, it depends. I don't think I've hit any. Would have hit anybody yesterday. I've got hired now persons to do it for me because I, I'm a very sensitive type of person. Uh, I don't like when people go on stage while while we're playing and try to sort of kiss anybody of the band or mm. do anything to any of the band the same way that I don't go out in the audience and start kissing them. <laughs> I only do that after the show because then, then we can relax. Absolutely. And so, no, I, I wouldn't have hit him. You wouldn't? No, of course I wouldn't. Good man, good Would man. I? About time we had a, a musical interlude. We're going to play another track from uh, The Sugar Cube's Life's Too Good. In fact, what you chaps should be doing at the moment is you should be thinking of a suitable question because um, we've been kindly donated from the record company um, some 10-inch remix copies of Deus, which people have heard on the programme, and there will be an opportunity uh, to win those later on uh, from questions set by the group in the studio. The Sugar Cube's my special guest tonight. More questions on 228-6262 because it makes it incredibly easy for me. Uh, this is a major achievement for the last radio programme. I managed to programme the compact display in time to play the... Um, the track, as requested by the band, is Mama. Ah! Oh dear. We seem to have a communication breakdown. I'll tell you what, um, 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 why isn't this working? 
Tell us a bit more about the album. <laughs> I've got a screwdriver. Make it, I, can, I can fix it for you, maybe. Have you brought, have you brought your tour manager with you? <laughs> oh, it's a good job I don't get embarrassed here, isn't it? Uh, play, 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 play. Why isn't this working? I don't know. It's not our fault. It should be working. We've got something else to give away here. We've got some of Thor's elaborate doodles here, which he's been doing throughout the programme. And um, let me see. The first uh, three people to come in with the best... Uh, phone in with the best Sugar Cubes competition questions for maybe a future competition, if you ever bring out another single or something, um, can have these. And perhaps you'll sign them as well, actually. They're, they're sort of tributes to Megadeth, really. One of the major influences in uh, the Sugar Cubes music, I believe, yeah. now. yeah. Absolutely. Right, well, these are, are on offer. Uh, a couple of yeah, four yes, new one. Oh, you've done another one? Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't tell you what he's written on that one. In fact, we, what we'll do is we won't, um, we won't send them out with a Piccadilly Frank on or something, or perhaps the <laughs> post office will be most upset. Um, right, quickly before the end of the programme, um, Jane from Berry, that's a good question, actually. Jane from Berry wants to know why life is too good. Life, <laughs> uh, life is too good. I mean, it's, it's a complaint. Uh, we find life too good. I mean, we're not, you know, telling other people that it, it is too good, it, but it is for us. And also it's a shame that there are other people around us that spoil, spoil our life and try to make our life miserable. So this is a serious complaint we're making, that life is too good, and therefore we have to try to sort of stop and, and try to enjoy what we have been doing. Mm. Actually, there was a group from uh, Liverpool came out with uh, quite a philosophical album title last year for uh, a group called It's Immaterial with the album title of Life's Good and Then You Die. Uh, well, there's also Life's a Bitch, Then You Die. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, Life's a Bitch and Then You Die, <laughs> which I like best. Would you consider more orange, a carrot or an orange? Oh, I think now we've got here a, a, a classic case of, of a surrealistic um, listener who thinks that... The best answer to this is uh, a fish. A fish. <laughs> exactly. He says, here, if they say orange is the answer, then ask them uh, to explain why carrots were discovered a hundred years before the orange. <laughs> well, tell, tell, they must answer us, then wh why a fish is better than a light bulb. <laughs> Right. What English pop groups do you like? All of them. Right. Swans. Next question. There you go, Amanda from Middleton. Um, would they ever do any cover versions, Steve from Bolton? We discussed that um, before we started, really, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we I might, mean, I might actually be uh, been doing some cover versions, but not with the Sugar Tubes, really. No. Uh, with, the, with this... Johnny Triumph. Johnny Triumph fella in Iceland. Yeah. And what we've done is one cover version, and it's called 99th Floor, and it's by... Uh, Psychedelic garage band, band called The Moving Sidewalks. The Moving Sidewalks. That's an old, old, old. Featuring old Billy band. Gibbons. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We don't look that old. But we're not hippies. How do you say lobster in Icelandic? I've just answered that on the phone, but you say humor. Humor? Humor. It sounds like a sort of dip, hum doesn't it? Like Tanamosalata. Yeah. But it's humor. H U M I. No, H U M A R. Humor. Ah. Well, for our well, it's about time to go, chap. So I must say, uh, I must play a record specially for you, Anna, as you're uh, unaware of cricket. Um, and I had I known that, I wouldn't have invited you to the studio in the first place. No, but cricket is, be is better than um, Mogadon. It puts you to sleep more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even thanking you for being in the program at all now. My no, special thanks to Aina and uh, I'm a, I've got Aina. It is right. I've got it right. Yeah, you've got an hour it and right. Yeah. And Thor. Yeah. 
and of course Derek for bringing uh, the group in. Um, thank you very much indeed, chaps. And uh, ho- hopefully, thank you. Thank Oh right. Thank you in Icelandic. Yeah. Right, well, thank you for coming in. You're always welcome on the program. Anytime thank you're back in Manchester. Yeah. Next time you can answer the telephones. In fact, yes, Wacky was quite appropriate. Einar and Thor from the Sugar Cubes on next week's show podcast moments that rock with me tony mike Ledis, we will have you two being interviewed from the early days oh and before we close out these tapes are really really old and these are cassettes that i'm copying onto um mp3s and they don't kind of store very well so i talk <laughs> incredibly quickly like a jerk so apologies way back then is part of moments that rock where we dig deep into the archives dust them down and deliver them More archive interviews next week.